by live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Thanks to the guys for holding down the show last night. I went to my son's um, championship basketball game. It's always good to go to the kids' events as much as I love being here. How do you do? Yeah. It's tough to balance. You know, it's tough because I want to be here every night, obviously, but I don't want to miss everything they do. No, nah, you can't miss it, man. It goes so fast. My kids have aged that. Well, my son's got one year left of college hockey, so you know, I, it just goes so fast. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, it was good. There was a, a blowout on our end. So nice. we won by 17, pretty much dominant the whole game. So he played nice. well. Um, so live from Studio 6B, I wish I was coming to you with better news uh, than what's going on in this country tonight, but um, I don't, I'm not. I'm, you know, I said two nights ago, and I don't know what you guys covered last night, but I said two nights ago that this, it, it's getting so strange that um, I'm starting to kind of go to the Paul Nolan and Rick Delgado <laughs> school of tinfoil hat. Like, what really is going on here? Uh, are they purposely trying to, at this point, get this guy? You... You couldn't make worse decisions. It's almost hard to convince me that Biden is making these decisions of his um, of his own volition. Because I don't, I just don't know how you decide today to call a lid at three in the afternoon. Somebody's coming around the well. Well, I don't know how you call a lid at three in the afternoon. Three thirty-six. There's no, no, Biden's nowhere to be found today. Um, I wasn't here last night, but the speech yesterday is one of the most sickening things I've ever seen. He comes out and talks for 38 minutes about booster shots and, I mean, not a word. He's totally inept to take questions at this point. Clearly. They don't want him taken, nor can he take. Today he calls a lid, and now he's leaving to go to home to Delaware and they've basically called a lid until further notice. Wow, things must be bad. He must be really suffering. Because think about it. He was on vacation last week. <laughs> Afghanistan dis- disintegrates before his eyes. Or, or not, because he probably wasn't even watching TV. Um, they, they finally get him back Monday night. They shuffle him in for a quick, a quick media hit which, again, doesn't deal with anything, and then they shuffle him back out. And then from what we understand, what I heard, um, not only had he not been in contact with any other foreign leaders. Correct. Zero. None. But Boris Johnson, that, this came out, I think, earlier, yeah. had been trying to reach him he for two for like, days. Yeah. He waited for 36 hours for him to get back to him. And this, this is our... our are basically our, our, our staunchest ally around the world, the leader of our, uh, of our biggest ally, and he, he can't even get him on the phone. Now, I'm not saying – he's not asking, hey, let me, let me pop over and we'll uh, have some tea and crumpets. He, he's saying, hey, pick up the phone, you old fool. Maybe What's going on? Maybe text message them. Send a text. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, Joe, if you're there, just hit me up. Yeah. Pigeon, pigeon carrier or something. Look, he's a puppet. He's a sock puppet. He's useless. He's making, he doesn't even decide what he has for breakfast. Right, but even if that's true, somebody has to be out in front in this situation. You have the greatest hostage situation in the history of the country, possibly, could be argued, with what's going on right now. And we have nobody getting out 
to the American people in the media in front, showing any signs of leadership, showing any signs of strength, showing any signs of anything. So even if he's not making the decisions and Obama's making them, or who doesn't even, who's the front person? Someone has to get out. It's not John Kirby. He's a disaster every day. Yeah. It's not the guy at the State Department or the, all these places, it's a disaster. Not the Catlin vice president. Certainly not. She not. hasn't even been heard from. No, they're shipping her out to the... Uh, She's to, going to Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I mean, I don't know if that was planned. I mean... I, but it, it, it's... It's you the almost systematic can't, destruction of a financial institution. It's got to be. It makes no other sense. It makes no other sense. We're now going to have another $3.5 trillion stimulus package coming down the way. You know? Bond markets through the roof, stock markets through the roof, housing prices are worth more, right? It's not just inflation, right? Everything's going good, right? But $3.5 trillion. Well, it doesn't look like it's going to pass. It doesn't look yeah. like they has. The, yeah. Pelosi doesn't have the votes. Well, they'll end up getting it through. They're going to get something through. They're not going to just stop. Well, they may have no choice if she doesn't have, she does, right, as of right now, the word is that she doesn't have the votes to well, get it through. Well, that's the only hope that... Uh, when they come back with the next package, they'll come up with something. Well, we have the debt ceiling to fight right now, and we have this. But um, it, as of now, it looks like she doesn't have the votes. But again, staying with Afghanistan just for a second, I don't know who the front person is supposed to be. When I show you some of the questions today in the Pentagon briefing, in the State Department briefing, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. Joe's nowhere to be found. Two speeches, no questions, one of them not even on the subject matter. Then he sits down with George Stephanopoulos for a not-too-hard-hitting interview from, by the way, let me just say, from the clips we've seen. You know why we haven't seen the full interview? Well, no one does. Hugh Hewitt got into an exchange online with George Stephanopoulos, said, George, where's the full interview? Why has not ABC released it? Is there something in that that the American public shouldn't see? We need to see that right now. Yeah. We need to see what shape this guy's in, how he answered whatever the hell you asked him, which none of us expected to be that tough. But we need to see him. We need to see what he said and what he looks like. Because right now, tough decisions need to be made, and somebody needs to act like they're in charge. And I, and I believe up to now, me and Gio scattered the internet and the best we were able to come up with was about, what, eight minutes, G? Is that what you would say? We have about eight minutes of this interview. I, for some reason, do not think that's nearly the whole time they sat down. They released a transcript online, like the written version, but who knows if they actually transcribed the entire thing. Um, and so, th so this guy's gone silent again. The word is that he said to somebody that he hasn't been sleeping well, and that's why he wants to go to Delaware. That he thinks he'll get more sleep there and somehow be more effective when he comes back. That he hasn't been sleeping well. Um, Fox uh, News reports that Biden has effectively called the lid, this time indefinitely, in what appears to be a continuation of his campaign bunker strategy and following his widely panned interview with ABC News on the stunning fall of Afghanistan, President Biden today contain, uh, contained no planned public remarks or press briefings. He took all public remarks or press briefings or press conferences off of his schedule 
as he and his administration deal with the blowback from the botched troop withdrawal that saw Kabul, uh, Kabul fall into the hands of the Taliban, Biden has taken public appearances off his schedule without any explanation. Reports indicate he has now left Washington for his home in Delaware, or soon will tonight. Kamala Harris has announced a trip to Singapore and Vietnam after being totally silent throughout this whole crisis. Afghanistan remains a chaotic and extremely dangerous tinderbox with thousands of Americans. And and this article says thousands because that's the only number you can put on it. You could write thousands or you could write tens of thousands. Nobody knows which one is correct, including the Pentagon, including the State Department. I mean, I, you know, again, for all of the complaining about the mean tweets and, the pre- and President Trump, when COVID started to unravel... Could you, can you even think of a time, one day, that he wasn't in front of the cameras, in front of the press, and for taking incoming, taking questions? He ran the damn briefings for months. Yeah. Hours need to be there. Hours at a time every day. Hours upon hours. He would shoot the breeze and, like, ask people for suggestions. It was like he was, like, in a boardroom. Like he was spitballing here, thrown against the wall. Some things will stick, some won't. What do you got? You know, he was just an open book. I mean, he took every question from every place he ever was. (laughs) Going to the helicopter, coming from the helicopter, on the runway, to the runway, off the plane, on the plane, in the press briefing room. We We never had a moment, like it or not, where we didn't know where he was, what he was thinking, and what was going on. We have literally no idea what's going on in one of the most dangerous situations this country has ever seen in I don't know how long. And we have no idea what the commander-in-chief is dealing, uh, what, what's going on. We have not heard from him. And, and just take a look at the people he surrounded himself with. All week, nothing. They've, they've got no answers. They've got nothing. You, you would think one of them would be able to step up and be like, you know what, I think, I think I'm going to corral this situation as best I can. But none of them seem to be up to the task. None of them seem to be up to the task. None of them seem to know what's going on. Most of what we're hearing, we're getting video evidence of just the opposite. Going all the way back to his July 8th speech, which will go down in history as one of the most ironically awful and wrong speeches ever given by a president. He couldn't have been more wrong on everything, everything. And there's no, we have no idea where he stands. We have no idea what shape he's in. We have no idea what he's thinking. We have no idea what he knows. We have no idea what he's doing, what orders he's giving. And to listen to these other people give these briefings, I'll play some of, I mean, they're, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, it sounds dangerous how, how inept. Like, dangerously inept. All right, do you think this is... Like, people are going to get killed. uh, Okay, so do you think this is the beginning of the end? Um, Uh, Are they going to say, you know what, this is... He he can't sleep, he can't do... What's going to be the excuse tomorrow? Well, I I mean... You know what I mean? I wonder if if that's what's going on, that they're just throwing him to the wolves to say... To justify him having to get out. I mean, I just don't know how you can make these decisions and continue on. I don't know how Millie continues on. I don't know how... The Blinken continues on. That John McCain video really rings true. I mean, he was so on that guy. I don't know how Austin Lloyd, I mean, he's a disaster. (laughs) Did you see the clip yesterday of him? Totally stunned by the, uh, do you have that, G? I think, yeah, 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 I think we had it. By the reporter? It's a, 
You didn't play. Do you have it? Play it right now. Look it at this. It seems like, I know we keep harping on the same thing, but it feels like the video is not matching the audio right now. If barring, uh, it, it seems to me like barring a lobotomy by the Taliban, you have three pathways ahead of you. Uh, one, you can expand the perimeter and establish a corridor into Kabul to get our Afghan allies out. Two, you can extend the th August 31st deadline of withdrawing. Or three, you can just leave the tens of thousands of Afghans who've helped us over the past 20 years behind. Which one is it going to be? Huh. Well, first of all, uh, as I said, Helene, we're going to evacuate everybody that we can physically possibly uh, evacuate and we'll, we'll conduct uh, these uh, 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 this process for as long as we possibly can. Uh, we will continue to uh, deconflict uh, issues with uh, with the Taliban and we will stay focused on securing uh, the uh, the airfield. We cannot afford to either not defend that airfield or, or, or not have an airfield that's secure where we have hundreds or thousands of civilians All right, hold this uh, clip can... we're going to come right back to this this is longer than i thought it was but it's actually worth it because he already sounds like he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about yeah. we'll get to the rest of it when we get back live from studio 6b on a thursday glad you're in i have a lot to show you tonight most good Live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour. Lots to cover tonight. Lots to cover. Um, I don't know. The information gets more confusing by the day. I'll try to lay this out so you can understand it. Of these numbers that they're trying to give of who got out, what it is. They're giving these numbers of 7,000. They lead us to believe it's Americans and all of a sudden it changes. There's all kinds of confusion. I'll play all this for you. But right now, let's do a little sports and we'll do a little news with Paul Nolan. But first, sports with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hey, Big D. All right. Well, first and foremost, an LFS 6B birthday shout out to one of our followers in the chat, Fruit Loop. Happy birthday, <laughs> Fruit Loop. My toucan would love to meet you. And uh, Major League Baseball scores right now. We had about six games already done, guys. Early. They called a lid in baseball pretty early, too, today. Uh, Rays 7 to 2 over the Orioles. Uh, Angels over the Tigers in a pitcher's duel, 13. To 10. Uh, Mariners 9 8 over the Rangers. Athletics 5 4 over the White Sox. Royals uh, fell to the Astros 6 to 3. And Diamondbacks 6 2 over the Phillies. Bottom of the fourth, Yankees continue to remain hot in the Bronx. They're up 4 0 over the Twins. Bottom four, Reds 3 to 1 over the Marlins on a Joey Votto shot over the right field wall. Top of the second, Cardinals 1 0 over the Brewers. And Mets visit the Dodgers at 10 10 p.m. First pitch. We got men's PGA round one, the Northern Trust, Liberty National Golf Club, Jersey City, New Jersey, $9.5 million pot there. USA's Justin Thomas shot an eight under for 63 for the day, tied with John Rahm, who also shot an eight under for 63. And Harold Varna is in second place. He had a five under 66. We'll keep an eye on that and have a full report for you on Monday. Like I say, let's see if Justin Thomas is in the winner's circle on Sunday. Never seems to work out that way, but he looks like he might be a good one for that, that this particular tournament. ACC to make teams forfeit if they can't play due to COVID-19. 
COVID-19. This is from Zach Wasink of Yardbarker. Add the Atlantic Coast Conference to the list of NCAA governing bodies threatening to make football teams and other athletic programs forfeit during upcoming seasons if they are unable to compete because of COVID-19 issues and or concerns. If a 2021 ACC game cannot be played on its originally scheduled date by a team unable to play due to an insufficient number of available players related to COVID-19, that team shall be deemed to have forfeited with a loss assigned to the team uh, unable to play and a win assigned to its scheduled opponent with both the loss and win respectively applied to the conference standings. That's what the ACC came out with earlier today. And uh, the SEC, Pac-12, and Big 12 are already uh, signing on to the same type of policy. So, well, it's going to be a very interesting year. Once again, COVID-19 rearing its ugly head all over, including college football and collegiate sports in general. And Big D, I'm going to throw it back to you guys. I got some more coming up, including the Washington football team narrowing down their name. Oh, boy, the wait. We can't wait for the anticipation. Oh, I can't wait for Is that. it going to be the Washington lousy football team? <laughs> yeah. That could be one of them, Paul. The Washington clueless would sound good. It would fit Washington right now. The Washington clueless and inept. Why don't we call them that? So, um, all right, let's do, before we get back to the video from today and this disaster of a government we have right now that we're being led by, let's do a little other news. There are other things going on in the world. Well, I'll uh, stay with it a little, though. The American military is flying an F, uh, flying FA-18 fighters over Kabul to ensure security during the evacuations. Uh, the FA-18s uh, from the Ronald Reagan Carrier Strike Group, which is currently in the North Arabian Sea, flew armed overwatch flights over Kabul to ensure enhanced security. Uh, the Defense Department Press Secretary John Kirby, I know how good he is, said the flights were at altitude contrary to social media reports that they claimed they were flying low. In response to being asked if the FA-18 were authorized to fire if American and allied troops came under attack, Kirby said, as always, we have the right to defend ourselves and our people and our operation. So um, at least uh, they're trying to show something while Chinese state media welcomes the rise of Afghanistan and exalts U.S. defeat. The Taliban takeover of Afghanistan gave the Chinese regime a golden opportunity to attack the United States and attempt to widen its own influence, and it wasted no time to seize it. This is from uh, Epoch Times. Uh, Eva Fu, who's a, a phenomenal res- uh, correspondent from China, she said that um, the propaganda includes touting the prospective Chinese friendship with the Taliban insurgents who have taken over Afghanistan at a sweeping pace in the week past week, mocking the U.S. defeat and threatening Taiwan by questioning U.S. commitment to the Asian region. So we have um, U.S. trying to show some might still, and uh, we have China laughing at it. Well, not only China, but every enemy of ours Russia is laughing. Well. Looking, um, if you're in Taiwan, if you're in um, Ukraine, if you're in any of these places, you're looking what's happened in, uh, to the U.S., and you've got to just be thinking, what in the hell's going on? Here's how bad it is. I don't know if this has ever happened before. Put up, I think it's um, picture one, G. This happened today. I don't know if this has ever happened before. Parliament hold President uh, Biden in contempt. And there's an article that goes along with this in Red State today. It says, the embarrassment on the world stage continues under Joe Biden following the total collapse of Afghanistan. And while in the midst of an ongoing dangerously chaotic evacuation, the UK Parliament has voted to hold the President of the United States in contempt. That came after several impassioned denunciations on the floor 
uh, that were covered by Red State previously. How does it feel to be respected on the world stage again? Parliament holds Joe Biden in contempt over Afghanistan. But while it's a travesty that things have gotten to this point, it's the details of what went on behind the scenes that led to this that are the most disturbing. Earlier in the week, NSA Jake Sullivan shocked onlookers by announcing that Biden had not spoken to any world leaders about the pullout from Afghanistan. A dereliction of duty at that level is hard to fathom, though. It's become commonplace for a president who continues to run to Delaware instead of, well, being president. And you remember on election night, all these phonies in the oh, look at this. We're uh, look at this guy. Uh, we're back on the world stage, and this guy brings so much experience. Yeah. We're gonna be ex- we're gonna be uh, you know what do you call it respected again? Yeah, looks that way. Following Jake like- Sullivan's jaw dropping admission, Biden apparently did talk to UK PM Bo- uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Well, unfortunately, though, it took thirty six hours for the president to get around to answering. The call. UK military left totally in the dark by the US about timing and pace of withdrawal. Biden ignored Boris Johnson's attempt to speak on the phone for 36 plus hours. Was Biden incapacitated? It's not like this was a request from the president of Thailand. We're talking about our oldest and closest ally in the British, and Biden took almost two days to even return the phone call as Afghanistan descended into absolute chaos. Further, the UK military was reportedly left completely in the dark about what the US was doing as far as pulling out. Timelines were not given. No preparations were made with NATO forces, which had more personnel on the ground than the United States did. And when the time came, pandemonium predictably broke out. Why was there no communication? None of it makes any sense. If Biden were trying to cause chaos in Afghanistan, what would he be doing differently, let me ask? Is this incompetence or malice at this point? And that's a good question. It's hard to imagine a motive for the latter, given this is going to hurt him politically, but we're at a junction where things are so haywire that all angles should be explored. And that's exactly how I feel. It's exactly what I said at the opening of the show. You almost can't convince me that this is all just happenstance. Like, you can't be this dumb. You can't be this clueless. Yeah, unfortunately, you're left with a choice. Either you are that dumb and that clueless, or you're doing this on purpose. So which is it? And neither choice is really something you can be proud of. It's so hard to get to the second choice. It's just so hard to, to, to think any of this is on purpose. Well, Think about the precarious position that the military's in. People, thousands of tens of thousands, could be more than tens of thousands, uh, American citizens who are still there, personnel that just got back now on the ground, you know, 2,500 out, 6,000 in, that whole debacle. I mean, it's just unbelievable. We'll get back to Secretary Austin. We'll get to the Pentagon today, which is just mind-numbingly unbelievable.
All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029, streaming exclusively at live from Studio6B.com. Make sure you go there each and every day. Great news provided by our friends at Just the News. Great articles, easy to read, plus all of our uh, all of our stuff, the show. Obviously, the, the previous night's show will always be there for you to rewatch, and then all the clips, what even is that, sports, all broken down, crazy towns all broken out. You can watch them individually live from Studio6B.com. Make sure you visit our friend Mike Lindell. Uh, up to 66% off anything at MyPillow.com. Use our code LFS6B. Sheets, pillows, everything. Up to 66% off. Use our code LFS6B. All right. Let's get to first the, de- the Deputy Secretary of State, working under, of course, Tony Blinken, who is going to take the... Um, well, clearly take the um, award for worst secretary of state ever away from John Kerry and then Hillary Clinton. He'll be taking that award away from them, which I never thought would happen. Um, Here's his deputy asked about how we're doing getting people out of Afghanistan and about the alert they put out saying, well, get to the airport, but, um, (laughs) you know, good luck getting there. You're on your own. Roll that, G. Mm. I'm wondering about this security alert that went out to Americans just recently. Um, It said that the U.S. cannot ensure safe passage to the airport for those Americans. So I'm wondering what this says about the competency of this mission and also the U.S. confidence in the Taliban's commitment to provide a safe passage to the airport that you're telling these Americans you can go to the airport if you want, but you're not necessarily going to get there safely. Uh, first of all, um, we had many, many, many Americans uh, show up uh, when the notice went out. All Americans have now been notified to the extent we have them on our email system. Americans are not required to register with the State Department. So the only emails we have are those Americans who signed up with our system. We've also put it on our website. We've also made public announcements. Ned has from the podium to try to make sure American citizens know they have this option. The uh, Taliban made a commitment uh, to safe passage for American citizens. I don't know of, my colleagues may know of, an incident where an American got harassed or hustled or wasn't able to get to the airport. I have not heard of that yet. That's not to say there aren't any stories like that. I'm sure out there somewhere, given everything that's going on, there probably may be some. Uh, but so far, it appears Americans have been able to get to the airport. You know, Kabul, I don't know if you've ever been there, is an enormous city. Enormous. And it has, um, uh, in fact, uh, had more and more people come to Kabul because they thought it was the safest place to be in Afghanistan. Uh, so it is difficult under any circumstances, and I don't know of any uh, government that would be capable of reaching out to where everybody might be, particularly those who have not signed up to us, to help them. As I said. Just hold this for a second, G. (laughs) You you know what would be nice is if we could get somebody who works for us to give us a straight answer without loading it up with excuses on why it may not be a great answer. (laughs) I mean, she's given us four or five excuses within this answer on why things may not be um, going as well. Oh, it's a it's a huge place, you know. If you've never been there, like we're talking about going to the new sandals. <laughs> I mean, can we just take a look at this woman? Does that disposition look like somebody you really want to lead you? 
just looks like just an evil person. I'm so sick of these people. I mean, I just don't see uh, every answer we get is preloaded uh, with excuses. Well, you know, they don't have to register. Well, we may not have. Well, it's a big place. Well, I don't know if you've ever been there. How about just tell us what you know and tell us what you're doing and tell us what you're doing to get people out. What's your what? what what's the plan? Yeah. Answer the question. Answer the question. Stop giving that? us excuses on why you can't or whatever. Every answer is loaded with these excuses. It's just stunning some of these answers that we're getting from the podiums of the people in charge of this. Especially when, when you we played a clip yesterday about one of the CNN reporters describing what these people, if, they're, if they can get to the airport, they're describing it as a gauntlet between the Taliban, checkpoints, you name it, just any number of things that are going to be problems. Yeah. And it's going to be a life and death situation. Just, just an attempt to make it to the airport. And this dolt with her stupid Harry Potter glasses is like, well, you know, it's a big place. Okay, thanks, dummy. We knew that. I finished this, G. Let's hear the rest of this. Uh, So far, Uh uh, the track record is quite good uh, for Americans getting uh, to HKIA. And it appears that the Taliban's commitment for safe passage for American citizens uh, has been solid. Again, I don't know every case, uh, so I'm not making a uh, bottom line (laughs) assessment here. Uh, but so far, the experience seems to be one that has worked. It's like you Cruella <laughs> DeVille's sister. She does. I was thinking that. Every, does. every one of these people wants to make you believe that they don't have a thing called the television in where they work. Yeah. Like, they don't have access to what we are seeing on just basic cable. I don't know of any... Well, here, let me run something. Maybe she didn't... You know, if they... Last time I was in some of these places, there's every network, every TV on every wall where you turn. They monitor every single news uh, outlet that's in existence in these places. So this idea that they, and I've heard this from more than just her. Well, I don't, you know, Kirby the other day, uh, uh, John, would you like to comment on people falling off these points? Well, I, I mean, I haven't seen that and I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know of any. Really? Yeah, he he almost suggested that it was a um, you know, a video uh, enhancement. The way he spoke, remember that, Rick? He was saying yeah. kind of, well, we haven't seen the actual footage, and we haven't you know proven it's you know if it's real or not. You know, he, you know, it speaks volumes unto itself. Yeah, he says, I want to learn him. along with you. To the one reporter the other day, you want to learn along with him. Like, we're getting the information as, as, as like the pent- at the Pentagon speed. We're getting it, the public. Right. I mean, it's just crazy. So maybe, she, maybe the, the Deputy Secretary of State needs to watch CNN some more. It's cut 66, G. Uh, let's see how it's going getting to the airport. Roll that. Is the panic, the lack of clear information, the rumor mill is in overdrive. There's hysteria. You have Taliban fighters with whips, with guns. You have U.S. and U.K. soldiers who are not allowing people in. You have mixed messaging coming through about what kind of paperwork you need and how you can get on a flight and where you can go. I mean, it is just an absolute mess. And we heard President Biden say yesterday in his uh, comments to ABC News that this is not a failure. And I think a lot of people outside that airport, particularly those taking the kinds of extreme actions we're just talking about, would like to know, if this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Good question. 
And that's not the end of the reporting on what's going on. Like uh, Rick said, running the gauntlet. They've basically made a one-way in one. What do you think they're doing? 67, roll that. Since the Taliban seized Kabul on Sunday, 12 people have been killed. That according, according to the Reuters news agency. Taliban fighters toting machine guns and a soundtrack of gunfire are fueling this unease and anxiety among Afghans. Look here, CNN photographer capturing these images. Huddled masses outside Kabul airport's east gate. Rows and rows of men, women and children clustered together, waiting on a way out that for some may never materialize. This is remarkable. American soldiers pulling a woman over the airport perimeter. And so is this. Some passing their children through the crowds, passing their children through the crowds, willing to separate their families if it guarantees a way out. So in that report, 12 dead. We know that for a fact. Probably way more than that. Speaking of heartbreaking images, play that B-roll, G, of that baby being passed. This is, look, look at this. Look at this kid. I mean, maybe not even a year old being passed to our troops that are now back on the ground. Look at this. Just families giving up their kids over the wall to get them into the hands of the Americans. This is what our men and women are on the ground. They're dealing with and doing. You know, wait till this, what if this land ends up getting completely taken over by Chinese military? Can anyone see that in the next two, three, four years? I mean, is that, is that off the table at this point? That we'll give up control of Afghanistan the way, you know, Russia failed at it, America failed at it. Will the Chinese fail at it? Will they get control of those poppy fields and, and the, and, and, you know, and the resources like cadmium and oil? What next? I mean, does, does anyone believe for a second that the Biden administration and the deep state of the Obamas and the Bushes and all these people care nothing more than one global government and want nothing more than their own riches aren't going to turn this country over and these people to the Chinese military? Well, I don't think they need to turn them over. The Chinese have already acknowledged the Taliban and said, hey, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll acknowledge them and work with them. So when they come in and take over all of that, those resources, what then? What happens well, I mean, next? That's, I mean, yet to be seen if they'd go in, but they're but, certainly more than willing to acknowledge them. Certainly willing to help. I'm saying, them. Try, just try to see, just try to zoom out. If you're playing this, if the Earth was a grand chessboard, as Mika Brzezinski's dad once wrote in his book, The Grand Chessboard, how does it play out? Everybody wants to rule the world. What happens next? This is terrible. This is the this is this is a systematic end. It's just crazy how bad things are. It's just I'm sorry. I don't mean to bring everyone down, but it's this is it's terrible. It's just beyond terrible. All right. So continuing with, I don't think I have time for either one of these clips now. Sixty one or sixty two. G. Do I? The State Department or the Pentagon? No. All right, let's finish Lloyd Austin from where we were, and then we'll get to those in the top of the hour because those are the two most unbelievable clips of the day. But this going back just a day or two ago is um, as far as what we're going to do to get these people out. This is the Secretary of Defense. Let's go back to him. Access uh, uh, the airfield at will and put our forces at risk. But that doesn't answer the question. Of course I mean, not. You're still saying you focus on the airfield. They, these people can't get into the airfield. Well, we're going to do everything we can to... Uh, continue to try to uh, deconflict uh, oh, and, and create uh, 
passageways for them to get to the airfield. Mm -hmm. I don't have the capability to go out and, and extend operations currently into, uh, into uh, Kabul. And, okay, and stop, where do you stop, take stop. that? I mean, <laughs> there it is. That, there that is a bold-faced <laughs> lie. Yeah. And we know it is. You don't have the will. You, not that you don't have the capability, because the reports are today that the French um, and the British are doing exactly that, I believe. I think it was the French and the British. I know the French, for one, were actually going out into to try to find citizens. Yeah, trying to find their people. And, and then you couple that with the fact of all the troops from the, that were NATO troops that were still on the ground. That, that, you, this is the Secretary of it, Defense of the finest, biggest. Um, I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around. I don't. We don't have the capability. To, you have the capability to do whatever the hell you want. What do you mean you don't have the capability? You don't maybe have the capability because of your ass backwards planning and the resources you have on the ground, but of course you have the capability. You just didn't think about this. You didn't plan for this. You don't want to use it. You don't have the will for it because we have a coward leading us, and that's exactly what he is. Cowardly. I said that three nights ago, and it's more true today than it was then. to the hour live from studio 6b we'll get back to um we still haven't finished the defense secretary how much more in that clip g because i want to get to the main part where she asks him all right we'll get back to that let's uh let's do a little news here with uh paul nolan what else is going on in the world well this is uh this is cute three u.s senators get covid 19 despite being fully vaccinated uh, Roger Wicker uh, from Mississippi, Angus King from Maine, and John Hickenlooper from Colorado. And they're all the latest prominent U.S. officials to co contract the uh, breakthrough infection of the CCP virus. And so more evidence that we should all be getting the vaccine. Just more stupidity that's just constantly in our face. I just can't. Yeah, um, it's, it's amazing. It's like, okay, so you get the vaccine. Um, you can still get COVID. You can spill, still spread COVID. Uh, you can still die of it, and of course, then you need to get more vaccine. Okay, cool. Sounds like a good idea. And of course, uh, 74G, Biden says that masks and vaccines are uh, extremely, extremely um, effective. Roll that. Just remember, we have two key and two key ways of protecting ourselves against COVID-19. One, two. safe, free, and effective vaccines. Moderna's effectiveness dropped from 86% to 76% over seven months. Pfizer went from 76% to 42%. And two, masks. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even <laughs> block a, a droplet. 
but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Quack, quack. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny. 70-something uh, down to 46% effectiveness. Well, like we said, it's a prophylactic. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, I'll just take the ivermectin. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take the vitamin D and... Let your body do its work? Yeah, yeah. for the most part, yeah. Right, anything else before we do some sports? Yeah, uh, GOP senators demand answers from Pentagon about U.S. weapons now in the hands of the Taliban. It's unconscionable that high-tech military equipment paid for by the U.S. taxpayer has fallen into the hands of the Taliban, the senators wrote. A group of 25 Republican senators are demanding answers from the Pentagon about U.S. weapon failing, falling into the hands of the Taliban. And... Um, uh, mm-hmm. The Taliban appears to have gotten weaponry from the U.S. in recent weeks, attempted to complete a withdrawal from Afghanistan, which resulted in Afghan forces apparently abandoning efforts to stop the Taliban takeover. It's, and so here it is. Where's the Tom Norton, a veteran of Afghanistan war running for Congress in Michigan's third congressional district, told just the news that when one side breaks a ceasefire and you've decided to withdraw from the country, you should blow up every piece of equipment left there. But instead, we leave it. Well, we keep leaving it to empower the, the enemy. Hold that thought because there's a report out tonight. To make this all the more weird, the Biden administration <laughs> is considering launching airstrikes on equipment left behind by U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Oh, it just dawned on them now. Good. That's by Axios reporting that. So it's not reporting by, you know, the Tin Hat Club. This is a report out of Axios. Right, because they're not full. Right. So we, we, we <laughs> I mean, uh, so now we're going to airstrike. Where we just left, or where we have people back now, more troops back than we took out. Now we're thinking about considering launching airstrikes on the equipment left behind by U.S. troops. And good news is, I bet you there's a bunch of equipment in the $700 million embassy that they built. Why don't they just blow that up? Just obliterate that too. More taxpayer money down the toilet. What are, what's the so then? I, so, so then, if they're going to do that, I guess they're going to launch an airstrike on on, on the uh, Bagram Air Base, then, right? Because that's where a lot of this stuff was. Someone I mean, said in the chat, "Thanks for announcing that to the Taliban." Would you? Uh, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> trust me. If you're getting it from me, everybody already knows yeah. about it. So yeah, I don't think kind, I'm breaking news well, here. I think they meant whoever uh, Axios. Yeah. Um, yeah, right, Axios, sure. Uh, would anyone trust these guys to target uh, 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 the Pac-Man game if you had? I mean, would you trust these guys to do anything at this point, right? Would you feel comfortable if the, I mean. I would, I would honestly let Bugs Bunny shoot an apple off my head before, before I would trust this guy guiding a, a, a fun. This is, this, is, this is like in Die Hard, you know? They're shooting at the lights. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a shot. It's like, duh. Hello. I'm I mean, sure the it's... aiming systems are fine. It's just they can't find where the button is to push it. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. I mean, just it's oh my god. Uh, all right, time for sports, and then we'll uh, get back to this. Uh, let's do some sports here with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, D. Well, the cluelessness in D.C. continues with the Washington football team, who has appeared to have a final list of potential nicknames narrowed down. Uh, presidents, commanders, and Red Wolves are among the finalists. Ugh. Ryan Gatos, Fox News. They like those names. Huh? What about the, the Guardians? Yeah, the Fran- uh, No, Cleveland's got a market <laughs> on that, Rick. Uh, the franchise produced a web series on YouTube called Making the Brand, and in the third episode of the series, team president Jason Wright 
Wright is sitting down with head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. Wright showed his colleagues some of the finalists, and uh, some of the names were Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Red Hogs, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders, and the great Washington football team, or abbreviated as a WFT. Um, so they're going to have the name pretty shortly. They'll be announcing it, obviously, for the 21-22 season. They'll continue to be the Washington football team this year. But they're down to eight, and it looks like the top three are Presidents, Commanders, and Red Bulls, Big D. You got any line on that, D? What are you taking? <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking anything in D.C. anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Should be called not. the Idiots. Just pick all of them and then you'll win. All right. A follow-up to last <laughs> night's report. Angels Shohei Otani gives classy reaction to Jack Morris's controversial commentary. Jack Morris was indefinitely suspended on Wednesday. Paul the Dodge Fox News. Uh, L.A. Angels superstar Shohei Otani offered a respectful response to the controversial comments made by uh, Jack Morris during Tuesday night's broadcast that resulted in his suspension. Otani said, Otani said he later heard the remarks made by Morris while he was at bat, which initiated an Asian accent and uh, imitated an Asian accent and said he wasn't offended by it. Going so far as to compliment Morris as a big influence in the baseball world, I did see the footage and I heard it. Personally, I'm not offended, and I didn't take anything personally, Otani said, according to The Athletic. He is a Hall of Famer. He has a big influence in the baseball world. It's kind of a tough spot. During the sixth inning of the Tigers-Angels game, Morris was asked play-by-play, announcer Matt Shepard, how the Tigers should pitch Otani, and he said, be very, very careful in a mimicking accent. He later issued an apology on air, saying he has the utmost respect for Otani. But, you know, Otani really feels he has no issue with it at all. So the kids showed some class, didn't make a big deal of it. And so we move forward. And uh, I got one more big D real quick. Former University of Miami player arrested, charged with teammates murder. This is from Chalina oh. Goldman breaking today in Yard Barker. An arrest has been made in the 2006 murder case of former University of Miami football player Brian Pata. Uh, Rashawn Jones, a former UM uh, defensive back and Pata's teammate, was arrested earlier today. The Miami Herald report Jones, 35, had long been a suspect in the case. Apparently, ESPN had did an investigative piece a few months ago, uh, back in 2020, actually. And after that, they looked back into the case. And sure enough, they found out that uh, this fellow Jones was dating uh, Pata's girlfriend, Jada Brody. And now they've linked him to the murder. Um, and uh, that was on November 7th, uh, way back when in 2000. Six, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Pato was an NFL promising draft pick uh, and great player for the Hurricanes. He was only 22 years old, so very wild developing story, but a little investigative report by ESPN, I guess, brought that back to the surface. That's a wrap in sports. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, put up picture two, G. I want to report on this for the top of the hour. There's a follow-up to this. This was also sent out, I believe, by the State Department. I mean, and I don't even know where, I mean, this is beyond my ability to even comprehend or comment on without swearing. Evacuation flights not guaranteed to be free. Even though U.S. officials tell Nats Secretary DeLay, uh, Daly and others that evacuation flights from Kabul will be free, people trying to catch a plane in Afghan capital say differently. One person said the State Department staff were seeking large payments. This is actually policy. We come to find out. This is actual policy. $2,000 from passengers to uh, get out of the country. Which now, thankfully, I'm uh, able to report that uh, the New York Post is reporting. Under pressure, State Department scraps plan to bill Kabul evacuees 2000 for the flights. So this was, this was real.
All right, hour two, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, 9 o'clock on the East Coast. So I want to get through a bunch of stuff here if we can, G. Uh, Let's finish, first of all, with the incompetent Secretary of Defense being pressed by this reporter on um, what the plan is to get Americans out of Afghanistan. Let's finish that. How far can you extend into Kabul? You know, and, uh, and, and how long does it take to flow those forces in to be able to do that? So it sounds like you're saying this depends on diplomacy with the Taliban. That's it. That's our only option, is getting them to agree to do this. Well, let me add something here, Helene. Um, All right, stop it. We got a couple of... Poor Millie talks, but about his white rage. Secretary of Defense was lost Yeah. on that question. <laughs> yep. He was totally lost on what to say. I've never seen a moment like that. I don't think I've ever seen a moment like that where a, um, I mean, no matter what you think of him, he's a highly decorated uh, military personnel here. You have a four-star general and you have this, I mean, and he was totally lost on what to say. Like silent, looked around for someone to save him. Yeah. I mean, that's a stunning, I, I mean, that was a stunning moment. There was a couple of them today. Uh, that was that was not from today. That was from, I think, two days ago. But here, this is from today. Let's start in the State Department, 61. The State Department, well, I don't even need to set it up. Let me just play it for you. Roll it. How many Afghans, SIVs, P1, P2, however they're being, um, you know, uh, considered, have been evacuated since August 14th? I know we have the 7,000 number in total for okay, people, stop. but how you hear many? Her say that? You hear her say the 7,000 number in total. Now, that's the number that these reporters have been started, I guess they've been told, as far as 7,000. But nobody ever told them what the 7,000 was made up of. And you'll see what I mean when I get to the Pentagon briefing here in a second. But continue with this. Afghans are in that group. Well, the 7,000 figure, uh, at this point, I'm not in a position to break that down much oh. further. Uh-huh. Um, uh, as you know, it consists of American citizens. Uh, it consists of uh, our locally employed staff um, uh, who are Afghans. Uh, it, it consists of third country nationals, as we have worked very closely with our partners on the ground uh, to help bring some of their uh, nationals to safety uh, and, and vulnerable Afghans. Uh, so right now, I'm not in a position to break that down uh, further. Break down 6,000? The same way that she's asking? 6,000 that are waiting to board? What about them? How many of them are SIVs? So uh, obviously they're at the airport right now. Um, So this is uh, really data in real time that I just don't have access to. Yeah, sure. Let let me translate (laughs) for him. I don't want to tell you how many Americans we're leaving on the ground that we could put on because we're not taking 100% of our citizens first. That's what he's trying not to say. That's what this all comes down to. Oh, I can't break down the 7,000 because it's... So what, he, what he's not saying is, well, it's not all Americans. It's not all American citizens which should have priority to get the hell out of that hellhole first. That's what he's not saying. And that's what he does not want to say. And that's why every time he gets a question, he looks like he wants to go eat lunch somewhere and get the hell out of there. Because that's what he's not saying. Because that's what they're doing. And this is what we talked about two nights ago when I asked you to chime in, and every single one of you was on the same page. And since we talked about this, I've noticed a lot of people talking about it, about the, the, the percentage should be zero. It should be 100% citizens out first, then everybody else. 
And that's what he's willing not to. He's not yeah. willing to say. At this point, I'm just waiting for him to say you're on a need to know basis, and you don't need to know, and you don't have the right to ask because this isn't America anymore. This is this is a, a tyrannical government. You don't get to ask any question. They might as well just say screw you. We're not telling you anything. Be, at least be honest about that. And, and you know what? You know what? They also need to break down. Um, Exactly. Who are you taking out? And I'm not talking okay. about. I'm well, not talking about uh, nationalities. We're going to go to the Pentagon. I'm going to say, oh, what, uh, shouldn't it be women and children first with a with a situation like this, right? Uh, last I saw, a lot of those pictures it just looks like young men. They keep flying out of there. Okay, sixty-two. The Pentagon briefing today. G, roll that. Can I just, uh, so I still want to be clear, you're nowhere near, you're nowhere near the, um, the demand for getting people out is nowhere near the five to 9,000 that you're, you have established and, and maintained its capacity to do, right? One question. Two is, what's the best estimate? If American citizens are the first priority, what's the best estimate that you guys have that you'll work through those and then you can turn kind of full time as it were to SIVs, Afghans or whatever. Yes. Yeah, so good question. So a couple of points on this. I mean, as the general said, we have the capacity now, there's certainly enough airframes to meet the the capacity we'd like to have of five to nine. Um, but, uh, but that doesn't mean that 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 number of airframes are just landing at, at Kabul and then we're just taking them off empty. We're trying to make maximum use of the ramp space, of the aircraft, and of the queue. Um, and we're going to adjust that every day. The, dema- the demand will drive, the demand in the queue will drive uh, what kind of, how, how many sorties we fly. Um, and I'm sorry, your second question was... Like, what's the best estimate of when you can oh, be finished uh, with the, uh, Yeah, and you asked about American citizens. So I think as the general briefed, I mean, just, yeah. in, just in the last 24 hours uh, of the, the 2,000 uh, that got out, it was, it was a mix of oh. American citizens and, and family members, as well as special immigrant visa applicants oh. and other at-risk Afghans. And I think you're going to see that every day, Gordon. Oh, I mean, mean uh... Uh, uh, obviously, we want to uh, take care of our, Ameri- our fellow Americans, and, and the secretary and the chairman were clear about that. But we also want to take care of at-risk Afghans and special immigrant visa applicants. And so we're not... Um, you know, we're not holding up a plane just to fill it with Americans and then sending it off. Uh, we are we are processing people as fast as we can uh, and getting them onto their onward stations. Uh, it's 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 a balance, and we're trying to strike that balance every single day. John, what proportion of the two thousand are American citizens versus SIVs? What proportion are women? As well, I don't have a gender breakdown, uh, Jen. Um, of the two thousand. Uh, over the last 24 hours, I, I think uh, nearly 300 of them were uh, Americans, and that includes legal permanent residents. It includes, uh, it includes obviously American citizens as well as family members. Um, and that's going to every day. It's going to change, but I, I don't have a gender breakdown of what the manifests are on a daily basis. You, you were talking about um, American citizens, about uh, Afghans and SIVs. The 7,000 number that was presented earlier. Listen. um, The general had said that you're now including other countries' um, evacuations in those numbers. Is that accurate? Or or is the 7,000 exclusively U.S. 
No, um, it's, it's 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 others. It, it, it has oh. always every every time since the 14th when we've given you numbers, they have included some measure of third country nationals. So how many people has the U.S. government? U.S. flights? Hang on, hang on, please, one at a time. I mean, this is confusing. How Mm -hmm. many people has the U.S. government flown out on U.S. military planes? Because 7,000, if you're including other countries, if you're including civilian flights, that seems like you're playing with the We're giving you the total number of people that we have helped evacuate since the 14th, and it's not all just Americans. There have been some of our allies and partners that have gone out, and, and we're giving you U.S. government flights i'm not even that's not counting people who are still getting out commercially or on charter flights today how many americans uh, american citizens remain in in afghanistan i don't know so 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 you're i mean you're planning for these operations and you should be you know have some kind of account of how many americans are whether in harm's way or need to be evacuated right i think as you probably know um Uh, First of all, the State Department would be a better place to go for an estimate of how many Americans are Afghanistan or in and around Kabul. That is not a figure that the United States military would would know. And and I think, as you also know, not every American citizen in another country, uh, uh, there's no obligation that they register their presence uh, and and that we and that you can have a, a perfect accurate count but I, I don't have that figure and i'd refer you to my state department colleagues for the best estimate on that yeah we don't know jack squat i mean every american should see that clip that whatever that is three four minutes there and just should be i don't i, I don't i don't know the word that what you should feel when you're watching these this pretzel that they talk themselves into because they just can't be straight. They're not prioritizing our own citizens to get out of here. He said 2,000. He said maybe there was three. That's about 12% of the 2,000 on the one flight that he talked about was, was, was American citizens. And then Jen Griffin from Fox picks up and says, well, well wait a minute. This is getting confusing now. They, they don't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just don't even know how to explain what is going on right now. We are not prioritizing getting our own citizens out of there uh, from our own military on our own taxpayer paid for uh, aircrafts. We're, we're, we're doing this percentage thing. And if you make it, well, then you, it's your lucky day. And if you don't, well, we're going to try to do this as long as we can. And like, this is the attitude we're going to hopefully do this till the 31st and uh, the Secretary of Defense doesn't think that there's anything else we have the capability to do other than you got to get yourself there yeah, not good, get killed on the way. Right. And, and I'm sorry, but I, I you know, I think, we, I think it's safe to say I think they're lying to us again. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. I know it's a crazy thought. Oh, go put but, that tinfoil hat on. But, but, but to sit there and say we don't know how many people are in country, of course you do. You have to scan passports. There is, there, they know who's there and who's not there. They, they, they have all that information for, for them to sit there and then claim, well, that's something that the Defense Department has. Well, you guys are talking every day, aren't you? Haven't you shared a little bit of this information? Say, look, this is, a, this is the number we got. This is what we're looking at. We need to plan for this. Um, and we're supposed to believe that, oh, well, <laughs> oh, gee, Willikers, uh, you know, I, I have no idea. Um, wh- what do you think, Sarge? No, 
I'm sorry, but this is this 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 is the military. This is this is what they do. They set up. They they they, they you know they get all. They are tacticians. Everything is everything is by design. They go in. They know how many you know helicopters. They know how many Humvees. We went over this last night about. They knew things were going missing. They knew you know things were disappearing. They knew all this stuff. So if they know all this stuff about even bullets and guns and all this stuff, they know about the people. And the fact that they're not giving anyone a straight answer. And, you know, you talk about a hostage situation. This could, you're talking about thousands of potential hostages. Thousands. It's, it's insane. CNN reacted, Phil Mudd specifically, who, of course, um, not much he ever says I agree with ever. But when you've lost them, cut 63, here was the follow-up right after that. Oh, we don't have time. All right, off the plant when we get back. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how every American doesn't look at that. For, and I'll post it on our social media. I, I hope you share the heck out of it because every single person should see those questions and those responses because it's just unbelievable. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. So I just played you the two disgraceful um, answers, and that's—I'm sorry—that's what I think they are. I, I just—I just cannot get over our own government cannot give us straight answers on this, or refuses to. Which one? It doesn't matter which one is the truth. They're both terrible. So they're incompetent, or uh, you know, or you know, untrustworthy. Great. Well, they're—they're they're definitely both of those. There's no yeah. doubt about it now. Um, Phil Mudd was on CNN after that briefing ended and he was asked about his thoughts. And I mean, you know, when you lose CNN and and they have, that kind of tells you where you're at. Here's his response to it. And he has been in the intelligence community his entire professional career. Roll that. Um, Phil, I just want to start with you because it, it worries me, but I don't know if it worries you that Ned Price and no one can really give specific numbers. If they don't know the specific demographics of who they're flying out of there, exactly how many Americans, exactly how many special immigrant visa Afghans, how do they know how many are left behind? How do they know when the mission is complete? Boy, um, you're a little more polite than I would be. That was unacceptable. I'm not interested in hearing a U.S. government spokesperson talk about how unprecedented this is with other U.S. presidents and how other presidents hadn't, didn't have to deal with this. I'm interested in understanding why we did only 2,000 people in oh, 24 Christ. hours, how we increase that pace over the next 24 hours, what the total number it is that, is that we want to get out, and how long that's going to take. That was pathetic. Explain how well you're doing in there when there are American citizens who can't get to the airport. That guy needs some training fast. That was horrible. Hmm. Hard to argue. Yeah, but he's complaining about the spokesperson. Well, I mean, if the (laughs) spokesperson can't bring you the info, who's going to bring it to you? I mean, who else can he pick on? 
uh, uh, you know what? Direct your direct your your fire towards the people in charge, the people that are supposed to get it right. Well, the, but people the people that have been telling you, you know, oh, since July, no, you know, who wrote the speech for for Joe to get up there and talk about how, no, it's not going to happen. No, it's, it's we're not going to see a situation where the Taliban takes over the country in a couple days. Well, they're not stepping in front of the microphone. So who, who are we supposed to listen to? This is my point of the whole show. I, at this point, I don't even know who we're supposed to listen to. We can't find Biden. He's gone back to Delaware so he can sleep better. He won't take questions. He gave one speech, didn't even talk about this. Uh, the defense secretary, as I just played for you, is completely challenged by one question, can't even answer. It's looking around for help. Millie's too worried about making sure that the uh, military's w- reading white fragility and making sure they're, they're wearing uh, wristbands if they're vaccinated so we can segregate out who's vaccinated and who's not. These are the guys in charge of winning the wars. This is what's going on. I mean, it's, this is crazy. We can't get any straight answers from anybody. And the spokespeople are terrible at their job, and, and most of all, obviously, Saki. But we haven't heard that much from her either. We've heard nothing from the vice president. Like, literally not a word. Well, they can't let her speak. She's, she's... <laughs> We've seen one picture of her in one of these meetings, and she looks like she's got a, she's got. I mean, she looks like she's... Well, so me and Gio went back because the other thing that you can pick up on if you watch enough of these clips is that um, they don't even get the talking points right between them. You listen to, you listen to General Milley talk and you juxtapose that against Biden and you juxtapose Biden against Biden and this is what you come up with. 72, G, roll it. The idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an Air Force, against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being Gee, lifted off full. the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. This did happen more rapidly uh, than we anticipated here, than anyone anticipated. The intelligence community did not say back in June or July, that in fact this was going to collapse like it did. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. They did not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. The idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I mean... So which one's the liar or which one's the, <laughs> does he, do we believe Joe Biden A or Joe Biden B? Do we believe Biden A or Millie A? Saki or Millie? Which one do we believe? Because they're all saying different things. 
and put up the um, put up the screenshots, G, and point out the, what you said about that first one from I think the Washington Post. If you can put that up at that at that spot, as Biden says that the intel community um, didn't say. Well, Geo found all these headlines. Look, I mean, Afghan government could fall within six months. As he's saying, well, no, no one thought it could fall within six months. My favorite is The Guardian, where it goes out of its way to say this article is more than one month old. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, the doublespeak. Absolutely crazy. All right, let's do some sports and hear what that's Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Caldwell Night Rodeo, Caldwell, Idaho. And uh, we had a little talk about Idaho last night. Full disclosure, my little print style was actually made in Boise, which is just 30 minutes outside of Caldwell, Idaho. Uh, Bareback riding, Oren Lawson, 86 and a half points on Birch Rodeo's Tequila Time. Like that one. Saddle Bronx, Stetson Del Wright, 88 points on Birch's Rodeo. Lily Stompa, bull riding, Stetson Del Wright, 92 points on Powder River Rodeo's Mr. Universe. And Steer Wrestling, second round leader, Dirk Taverner, 3.7 seconds. That's held up over two nights. Tie down roping, second round leader is Shad Mayfield, 7.6 seconds. And Make a Far holds on with the lead in barrel racing at 17.12 seconds. This rodeo wraps up on Saturday, and we'll keep a full report rolling for you. Uh, Falcons cut two unvaccinated players to get to 100% vaccine, uh, you know, COVID-free, so to speak. Mike Florio of Yahoo Sports. Before Monday, several NFL teams hovered in the vicinity of 100% vaccination rate. The Falcons got there first. It didn't happen because they were convinced they are lingering holdouts to get vaccine. Per a league source, the Falcons made it a full vaccination among all players by cutting their two unvaccinated vaccinated players. Other teams in the vicinity of 100% could have done the same thing, but those teams have unvaccinated players who are regarded as too valuable to the pro, uh, to the uh, broader mission of winning as many games as possible. Priorities, right guys? Uh, it has been believed that most, if not all, players firmly in the bottom rungs of the roster would get vaccinated in order to enhance their chances of making it to the 53-man roster or the 16-man practice squad. Not so as the two players whom the Falcons released. Uh, those players that they remain unvaccinated likely won't get their chances given the 2021 protocols, unvaccinated players must wait five days before trying out a signing. So if they get cut, they usually jump to another team if there's a void there. And obviously, uh, they don't get vaccinated. They got to wait five days, and that usually cancels them out. So you can see the pressure continuing to get vaccinated to play in the uh, NFL. What a so. joke. The whole thing's a joke. Absolutely. They're all going to, they're go- jumping through hoops here, all this COVID fascism nonsense going on, and they're all gonna, still going to get it, as everybody is. Because they ain't stop. These are not stopping anything. They're not stopping transmission. They're not stopping you from getting it. They may stop you from dying or going into a severe uh, hospital case, which is fine. And if you're in the if you're in the upper seventies uh, or eighties and you have comorbidities and you think it's still good for you to get it, get get it. But it's not stopping you from getting it. So the NFL here thinking this is going to change it. What do they do when they start getting breakthrough cases? What are they going to do? They're not going to do anything because Goodell's an idiot.
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, of course, streaming exclusively at livefromstudio6b.com. Uh, visit us there every day. Pretty soon, all the merch from 6bshirts.com will be over there as well. Nice. Want to get that Crazy Town shirt, that Live from Studio 6B shirt, that What Even Is That shirt. Bunch of great stuff at 6bshirts.com. Make sure you visit us there as well. Make sure you visit our friend Mike Lindell. Up to 66% off. Use our code LFS6B. Pillows, sheets, all of it. Great stuff. Towel. The towels are totally underrated. Big towels. Big guys like me. It's nice to have a towel that you can wrap yourself around. You don't feel like it's falling off you the whole time. <laughs> it's Get good for hot... everybody. The neighbors, everybody's pleased with this. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. So. All right, let's do some news. With, uh, we'll do a crazy town time. We've got to lighten the mood a little bit like here. So uh, we have crazy town tonight, too. But let's do some news with Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Let's start here with something happy, something nice. A high okay. school asks his friends... With Down syndrome to the prom, the pair are voted cutest couple. Oh, and very when a good. high school lacrosse player asked his friend who has Down syndrome to the senior prom, she made his day by saying yes. The pair's beautiful friendship was celebrated by their classmates who voted them cutest couple on the night. The high schooler, Shayla's mother, Lori Ragus, uh, told the Epic Times in an interview that her daughter has been friends with Hunter throughout her senior year at uh, Candia, New Hampshire High School. Um, she met Hunter uh, and his best friend, Declan, in an un- uh, at, a, at a unified gym class, and the trio headed off. Very cute story here. Um, this sweet little girl who was just basically taken under our wing by these two very charming, popular, I want to go on record as saying handsome young lads, and they made this beautiful little angel's day, and I love this story. That's a great story. Very good. Very good, so, very good. What yeah, else? stuff like that. Okay, yeah. then back to the horror. A suspect with <laughs> explosives in vehicle on Capitol Hill surrenders to authorities. Today. First things first, I'm going to go on – I'm. Just <laughs> there's no tinfoil on it, though. Yeah, Paul. well, I'm telling you, I'm right as I'm right as rain. There is no doubt. This is all so perfectly timed. False flag. Thanks, my man. I pre- yep. I'm gonna have to take that hell wait, of a battle. What are you talking over. about now? I'm saying, like, how perfect is it? Like the day before, they tell us that oh, white they keep telling us oh, white supremacist, the capital, the government, the big PR, all all the talking heads, all the. Big media outlets are saying how bad, you know, uh, white people are going to take down the Capitol and then some goofball comes in there. Can't say, uh, you know, decibels. And anyway, the suspect with explosives in his vehicle outside the Library of Congress near the U.S. Capitol surrendered to authorities on Thursday. Sources say the suspect has been identified as Ray Roseberry. He was reportedly live streaming on social media. Of course, he was while inside his vehicle and the video clips are circulating online. So this to me, you know, sounds to me perfect example of of this, what? Of a false flag send in this goofball and move them on and scare everyone to death and come down with more laws and I, I don't know, man. Well, it just you know, stinks you know what, to Paul, me. And, and Rick, do you want to come to his uh do you want to save him here? Yeah, a little bit. Save me. Can well, my audience, <laughs> you save me. Tell well, me. You know what deal. it is? And I think this is more of what it was used for. Because, uh, you know, I- I'm with Paul on this one. You know, it's like it's a little too convenient. We've had, what, five, six days of the worst looking news destroying this president, his administration, everything that they're going down the tubes. They're losing everybody on their side. Mm-hmm. What do we need? We need a distraction. 
What better distraction than, whoa, well, homegrown terrorists, something that they've been talking about for months and trying to pin every single Trump supporter or conservative or somebody who just doesn't agree with the Democrats as a, quote unquote, homegrown terror. And look, let's wheel out this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be he's going to broadcast it. He's going to he's going to sound like a bumpkin. He's going to you know exactly what I mean? Right. It's... And, and, and what they find out, I guess there's no explosives in the truck. There's not, you know, he's got three names. You know, you got to have three names to be a wacko. Right. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's all what's, too convenient. Uh, what's your impulse middle name? <laughs> I don't have a middle. I can't afford We should start one. using all three of your names on the show. <laughs> Amen. So you guys, so your position is, let me just be clear. Here. So like, it's just things like, you know, MK Ultra was real. There's no question about the fact that. They could program any idiot to do anything stupid. How about like at the Capitol that day? How many of the Capitol people were arrested were FBI? Twelve? Look at the Whitmer thing. FBI. The Whitmer thing, right. Ram so FBI. Like, how many times do we have to catch the FBI and the CIA? Which to me, it's a heartbreak. The FBI is as mischievous as the, which yeah. is a nice word for saying criminal, as the CIA. It's and horrifying. then this, this this thing I found today coming out of Yahoo News, Yahoo of all places, <laughs> website detailing underground D.C. tunnel system saw a stu- sudden and suspicious spike in traffic before January 6th. WashingtonTunnels.com, an obscure website de- detailing the underground tunnel and pipe systems of D.C., reportedly saw a sudden and suspicious spike in web traffic leading up to the days of the Capitol, quote-unquote, insurrection. Uh, on January 1st, WashingtonTunnels.com started to see traffic grow nationwide, a notable departure from the narrow but devoted group of locals who typically frequent the page. Um, they were revealing a, a deeper analysis of the review, revealed many visits to becoming from hyperlinks shared on anonymous uh, message board sites and forums named after militias and firearms and using Donald Trump's name, NBC reports. So, you know, you can say what you want about the tinfoil hat, but, you know, it's all conspiracy theory until it actually happens. Then it was an actual conspiracy. Okay. So, I don't know. so the conspiracy today is this gentle, this wackadoo was sent in there to, give, to end up giving up? Yes. Yeah, why not? And they okay. fa- I, I believe they found, they just determined, oh, I guess he didn't have explosives. He had nothing. Okay. Yeah. And then, of nothing. course, you had the Times Square thing, too, as well. Well, I don't even Suspic- know. What ha- I didn't see what happened in Times Square. Suspicious today, so. package notice in Times Square, and I, it took a couple hours, but I think they yeah, finally gave that's the all. So strange clear. for New York, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. <laughs> kind of wow. all on the same day. Anything happened you know? in the subway today? Do you want to tell us about Rick? Anything strange? There? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so off for New York. Wow. No, well, the subway smells as you know, like feet and urine, so it's, uh-huh. everything's normal there. Okay. Suspicious <laughs> look, uh, package in New York City. Okay. Look, we we talked right. about it. Look, we saw the busloads of people at, <laughs> at the Capitol that day. We saw all the goofy things that happened that day. Yeah. We know that agent provocateurs have been part of warfare forever. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's just part of it's just good business. Homeless man spotted on corner of Broadway. <laughs> yeah. That's a rarity. Wow, so so <laughs> out of place. Okay. <laughs> Screaming, you're all doomed. You're all gonna die. All right, G. Let's do some crazy town since we're since we're laughing. I thought we just did. It's <laughs> a, a good point. Um, yeah. So you have to wonder. You know, we have. Well, I mean, me and Gio kind of have a production meeting, maybe kind of semi to do this. Show. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't think it really qualifies, but you have to wonder the production meeting 
that went into, uh, well, this segment. Roll it. COVID's dangerous. It's lethal. It's a bit like the beef Notorious B.I.G. used to rap about when he said, beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the streets. Beef is when I see you guaranteed to be in ICU. Well, when COVID sees you, you can end up in ICU. Maybe not at the same rate as Biggie's beef, but that's the point about risk. You don't want to test these streets and risk ending up in the ICU. No, no, no. Now, don't you do that. No. Some the, point. The day Bad af- reporter. The day after MC Schmucky Schmuck. Yeah. Bad reporter. Chuck Bad. Diaz, Democrat. Yeah. yeah. We got to play that again. I, I was taking I didn't know what was happening. I saw Big. I was okay. This is a, you heard beef. Please. You got hungry. I know. Right. I needed a sandwich. It's, uh, like, uh, it's like you see somebody. Wait, sometimes, well, you know, dress and you say to yourself, you know, at some point they looked in the mirror and, and, and said, uh, <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this <laughs> I is look it. good. I look oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. This is it. Bam. Ready to go. So you have to think at some point, somebody on this segment said, wow, he's yeah, hip. That works. He's this, so hip. Let's this, go with it. Let's yeah, go with con- it. He's this, not a racist. He likes Biggie. This connects us to the people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this connects, this connects us to the people. That's a Rick, you, That's it. You crystallized it in a yeah. moment. That's what the executive producer said. Yes. Ari Melber. That's his name. This connects Ari? us to the Ari. Ari. <laughs> Ari Melber. Go with that. Go with it, Ari. This will connect you to the people. Does Ari have yeah. beef? One more time, G. Let's let's hear Ari Melber. <laughs> let's roll that. Now. <laughs> All right, here we go. COVID's dangerous. Oh, yeah. It's lethal. It's a bit like the beef Notorious B.I.G. used to rap about when he said, beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the streets. Beef is when I see you guaranteed to be in ICU. See what he did. Well, when COVID sees you, oh, and it sees you. you can end up in ICU. Maybe not yeah. at the same rate as Biggie's beef, but that's the point about risk. You don't want to test these streets and risk ending up in the ICU. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. The only thing Biggie Ari is missing is like a big uh, <laughs> hubcap medallion hanging around his neck and maybe waving a gun as he I'm does gonna the... I'm going to go uh, on record as saying that As he does the dope. report there. Any, <laughs> any, uh, any host that, that uses the word your moms in a broadcast <laughs> should just not be allowed back on. It just this should not be allowed back on. Good Lord. Yeah. So your mom. Somebody. That wasn't whack. Somebody somebody approved that that segment. You know what? And I bet you somebody's going to put that to music. (laughs) Speaking of music, here he is. Oh, here's. Yeah. So, you know, we hadn't heard, uh, as I said, (laughs) all week, right? Where's uh, Chuck D. Where's a Democrat? Where's Schumer? Where's Steny Hoyer? Where's the, what's his name out of South Carolina who loves Biden? He's yeah. the only reason Biden won. And where's Chuck? Well, we found Schmucky boy. He was in the Bronx <laughs> at um, whatever that was. And uh, I don't, he was trying to, um, he was rapping. He was rapping about his yeah. moms. And he was talking about beef. Yeah, he was talking about beef. Yeah, talking about Biggie and beefs too. And uh, not, I mean, just, there's Chuck. Yeah. No comments from him, by the way. No comments from him so far that I know of. Now, um, 
Maisie Hirono, one of my other favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh is she rapping too? She, at least she's out with a statement. 69G, roll that. The president, uh, not that long ago, said this would be an orderly transition, and he said it was not at all inevitable that the Taliban would take power. In an interview yesterday, uh, he said chaos was inevitable, and the question was more of when, not if, the Taliban take power. Uh, you said at a hearing back in May, in May, a matter of when, not if, and I think that the rights and protection for women and girls in Afghanistan will go down the drain. Uh, you said back in May you predicted this would happen. I know you're concerned not only about the Afghan translators, but about women and children, especially those uh, who might believe they have some right, that we have some responsibility to get them out. What is the strategy right now? If the Right now, the United States strategy, tell me if you think I'm wrong, is we have secured the Kabul airport and we are trusting the Taliban to allow safe, safe passage. Is that realistic? I don't know that it's realistic because knowing how the Taliban have uh, acted before, uh, hence uh, the air power that, uh, that we've sent there. But the, it, it is very clear that uh, the, this is a chaotic situation. We can see what we see with our own eyes. Yeah, it's more than a chaotic situation. It's a disaster. Well, thanks for clarifying. It's a disaster. <laughs> and she knows it. But again, I say, where are the Democratic leaders? Where's Steny Hoyer? Where's Chuck Schumer? Where's Nancy Pelosi? Now, I have Nancy Pelosi from uh, a few weeks ago on a local CBS talking about the plan in Afghanistan. Obviously, she didn't have it right. Nobody had it right. But where are the Democratic leaders? Where are they talking about women's rights? LGBTQ rights? Where, where, where's all the rights? Civil rights? Where's all the speeches? Nowhere. Nowhere. to the hour live from studio 6b real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 samsung tv plus channel 1029 let's do some sports and here with that's rick Emirati. what's going on pal All right, big d one more round of major league baseball scores just three games in action right now yankees 6-4 trying to hold off the twins in the bottom of the eighth in the bronx the reds up six to one over the marlins trying to put them away also in the bottom of the eighth in cincy and the cardinals right now trail the brewers by two it's four to two in the bottom of the fifth last game of the nightcap mets are out in la to take on the dodgers 10-10 first pitch and uh bill freehand former uh 11 time all-star with the top Tigers passed away at 79 today. Bill Freehan won a World Series with the Tigers in 1968. Ryan Gatos, Fox Sports. Bill Freehan, a former Detroit Tiger star who was an 11-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove catcher, and a part of the 1968 World Series winning team, passed away uh, today. He Freehand spent his 15-year career with the Tigers. He made his debut in 61, playing in four games for Detroit as a 19-year-old. He started to play more during the 63 season and would play for the Tigers all the way until 1976. Uh, he had 1,174 games. 200 homers and a 262 lifetime batting average. Unfortunately, he's been battling Alzheimer's, since 20, Alzheimer's disease since 2018 uh, and passed away. Legend in Detroit. 
And uh, hasn't been a great place in Detroit this past week as far as baseball goes. And just one more story in Arizona from my man Brian Stamatz. Back to you in 22. Well, Glendale won't renew arena agreement with the Arizona Coyotes. This is originally posted by Pro Hockey Rumors Gavin Lee. The city of Glendale, Arizona, home of the Arizona Coyotes, has decided not to renew the operating agreement for Gila River Arena after the 21-22 season. This essentially is the city kicking the Coyotes out of the rink with a statement from Glendale City manager Kevin Phelps making you're quite clear that the partnership is ending. In a follow-up report, Katie Strang of The Athletic uh, has Phelps on record explaining that they have reached that point of no return. Apparently, the Coyotes have run up quite a bit of debt uh, with the arena, and they've decided to cut ties. So looks like they may be moving on to either Quebec City or Houston, possibly. It'd be good to have a hockey team in Houston again, but uh, not good for the fans of Arizona. And that was my last story, Big D of the sports. Thank you. Back to you. All right. Thanks, Rick. Um, Noah Rothman has a piece in um, commentary.org and it's entitled The Worst Presidential Dereliction in Memory and he says General Mark Milley is right there'll be plenty of time to do AARs or after action reports the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said in a Wednesday press conference alongside Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin there will be time to learn why neither he nor anyone else anticipated the collapse of the Afghan army and this government in 11 days. We will one day have the luxury of looking back on this crisis to determine what led to the evacuation of the military before civilians and the surrender of versatile Afghan-based control points. Right now, a crisis of almost unprecedented proportions is still upon us. And to judge from what Austin and Millie are telling us, they have neither the means nor the will to resolve the situation. As the Washington Post reported on Tuesday night, an estimated 10,000 to 15,000 U.S. citizens are still in Afghanistan, and there is no plan to evacuate the Americans who are outside of Kabul. And there still isn't. In a most dispiriting display of resignation, Austin and Milley explained that the hellish circumstances to which they'd consigned American citizens and their allies in Afghanistan were all but uh, not solvable. While thousands of Americans and allied Afghans have been evacuated since Tuesday, we are at the mercy of the Taliban, who have surrounded Kabul's single runway airport, the only means by which allied nations can, can evacuate their people. But you have to make it to the airport on your own and by whatever means possible. If you are not presently in U.S. custody in the airport, even inside Kabul, there is little little the American military is saying they can do for you. Quote, we don't have the capability to go out and collect large number of people, Secretary Austin confessed. Indeed, the U.S. military cannot even mount the kind of rescue operations in which British and French special forces are already currently engaged in. I don't have the capability to go out and extend operations currently into Kabul, Austin added. What's more, there are no plans to address this deficiency. We know, quote, we know that we have got uh, the right mix of capabilities on the ground, Austin insisted. We don't want to put excessive materials on the ground that are not relevant to what we're doing. According to the Pentagon chief, our powerlessness in the face of a disorganized militia is by design. 
We have placed the fate of untold thousands of Americans and our Afghan allies in the hands of the Taliban. They dictate the terms and the tempo of our operations. We depend on the Taliban to allow foreign nationals and credentialed Afghans into Harmad Harmad, uh, Karzai International Airport. According to what remains of the American diplomatic presence in Kabul, the United States government cannot ensure safe passage into the airport. We are dependent on the beneficence of a theocratic militia that has demonstrated no capacity for mercy. And the U.S. government has no intention of remedying this condition. When pressed as to why Americans' withdrawal strategy involved the sacrifice of the capable Bagram Air Base in favor of a much smaller commercial airport, General Milley insisted that this was a better tactical solution in accordance with the mission set that we were given in accordance with getting the troops down to about a six to 700 number. In translation, either civilian or military leadership wanted the U.S. footprint in Afghanistan to be so small as to be incapable of defending an installation as large as Bagram, so it had to be abandoned. That has proven terribly insufficient to the scale of what we're now trying to pull off. So we're going to remedy the condition now that we have upwards of 6,000 soldiers back on the ground facilitating evacuations, right? Wrong. When pressed as to why the operation to retake Bagram and expedite the exfiltration of American personnel and allies isn't already underway, Milley stumbled. Good question, he stuttered. Great question. But I'm not going to discuss branches and sequels off of our current operation, he said. I'll just leave it at that. Well, we can then assume that the mission to redeploy troops in numbers sufficient to get Americans out in a timely manner isn't underway because Joe Biden will not authorize it. What else could it be? Time is of the essence, but not because Americans in their untold thousands are trapped behind enemy lines. Any one of them who, uh, could become a hostage that would tie the hands of policymakers in Washington. No, time is running out because Washington had set an artificial political time frame for an Afghan withdrawal that they are sticking to it. We're going to get everyone out. It's possibly evacuate. Uh, we're going to evacuate everybody possibly that we can evacuate. Austin meekly promised. And I'll do that as long as we possibly can until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. What a heart-stopping admission, he says. Until that moment, your United States citizenship meant something. Now, however, it is something that entitles you to the protection of your government, a government that has put you in this jeopardy. Only if our self-limited capabilities aren't overextended and if it is uh, conducive to the kind of news cycle that the president wants. Fortunately, the president has already invalidated Secretary Austin's unacceptable excuse-making. After days of administration officials refusing to answer the question, President Biden told ABC News yesterday that U.S. troops will remain in Afghanistan long enough to evacuate all American citizens. All of this was inevitable, according to Joe Biden. No, the president insisted when he asked if he believed this could happen. At this hour, Americans remain at large behind Taliban lines, sacrificed by their government. We are dependent upon a terrorist militia for our security and safety. The United States engineered this debacle, and the president has no interest in authorizing an operation that could save the thousands of Americans we've uh, summarily abandoned. He could change course at any point, but he just won't do it. This is, I would argue, the worst dereliction of presidential responsibility and the most sordid example of malfeasance in my four decades of life. 
And apparently this is exactly how Joe Biden wants it. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. We are thinking of all the troops right now in Afghanistan, trying to figure out what the hell to do with this administration. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6B, right here on Real America's Voice.